Hey, this is Travis T-Bone Turner. We're here at the Tour 12 Podcast. Don't give your guide a knife for a tip. He probably has a knife because he's a guide. <laughs> here he comes. That's the kind of stuff. Here he comes. He's coming in hot. Hey, I'm Nick Mont from Bone Collector. You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. If you're one of these guys that carried horns around ATA, just leave them at home. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> so B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the Definitely, uh, I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for radio. I'm the ugly <laughs> wild here, dude. You guys out there listening, you know, put your kids in front of this podcast. I mean, we're not going to get too crazy. You might want to put them to bed maybe a little bit later on, but <laughs> that's just that's just me talking. But we'll get to arguing over schedules or, or man, you know, something that we where disagree we're gonna on. Eat. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? But at the end of it, we hunt together because and hang together just because we truly, truly enjoy each other's company. Well, it is, it is our job, and we have a platform, and by all means, we're flying the flag as much as we can. We, we need, we want to preach it to the everybody. It's not for the elite. It's not for the rich. It's, it's enjoyment Making for everybody. Making a living doing something you absolutely love, what we call living your passion, you might actually be closer than you realize. It's actually what this whole podcast is built around, living your passion in three areas, business, leadership, and life. I'm Michael Waddell, and you're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. Hey, hey, what is up? Welcome to the Tour 12 Podcast. My name is Heath alongside my main man. Cody the producer man. Cody the producer man. <laughs> I've almost just like started signing my name like that to all of my kids' school papers. <laughs> Cody the producer man. Barry. When we get our new business cards ran. We'll just <laughs> Don't you do it. I told Aaron, we're, you know, we're working on some stuff. And I said, if I put my name on this, should I go with Cody? Cody the producer man or should I do Emmett C. Berry because that's what my Instagram is. I know know? that used to throw me off too. Because that's my be official you know. I know one thing it is hot. Oh dude not only is it hot outside the the studio here today is roasting. Our air is messed up we're in here sweating. But you know what we're committed. We're committed. We're committed. It's we're. I think we're reaping havoc from (laughs) because it's been such a mild summer so far, and now we're here. You know, heat index is like a hundred and five, and then not only are we doing a podcast in a house with no airflow, we go out into the heat we did go out we, into the heat to pick up a pallet of uh, cotton seed we just went and picked up fortified cotton seed whole pallet of it <laughs> and it's this. hot we got it strapped down and towed it right back over here cody the producer man with what did we tow it with the bnw trailer hitch the bnw trailer hitch american made built to last baby i like it that thing um, has done a lot of towing lately. Yeah, I know. The last time I pulled up to your house, that thing had the Mini X on it, and then the next time I showed I, up, it had the. Well, I, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm making up for past for lost time because I've jacked my old trailer up. Yeah. And so I finally bought a you new trailer. You know what? I love this because um, last time you and I talked, you were over at my house and. You said, dude, I'm going to get over here sometime and help you because we have a little itch in our backyard. <laughs> right. He's like, but I, I can't do it right now because my trailer's falling apart. You bought a new trailer. So now I can come help you. Well, what was even cooler about that is you had that hitch. You just flip oh, yeah. it over and flip the size of the ball. And yeah. Go from my old trailer to my new trailer. I love it. Which my old trailer could not quite get the new. The, the Mini X over there right now. <laughs> it kind of did the splits like gymnastics. 
and the back tires a little cockeyed. It, uh, <laughs> Pretty but, funny stuff. But nevertheless, man, we are grateful and thankful uh, to be working with BMW. They got an incredible hitch. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, it's one of the the, the, the best selling hitches there is in the world. I love it, man. I've, since we've started working with them, I've been, you know, you drive down the interstate. It's kind of like you a car. Them. You yeah. buy a brand new car. Yeah. You hadn't seen very many of them. You buy it, and then all of a sudden you see them. Well, we start working with them, and you start seeing them. People are yeah, picking this thing up because it well, makes. They're, they're everywhere, and they really are built to last. It's not just something this marketing talk. That's cool. They're incredible, and I oh, speaking of incredible, we got an incredible show about Dude, to come up. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, I've, we've had people, you know, message us on or DM us on Instagram, and then send the Tour Twelve podcast, you know, reviews, and they always say we need to hear from Aaron Keller more. Aaron often. Keller. <laughs> so we we set him up good today, oh, though, didn't we? <laughs> this is going to be a really good show. He we told him this is what we're going to do. He oh, said, yeah. "Don't do that." <laughs> oh yeah, and for those that don't know Aaron, if you're a newbie to the podcast here, then he has a he has a way of saying what's on his mind typically. Yeah, and he's pretty blunt. I don't think he means to be like that. No, he just I, is. I think he's just he's a nice guy. I think it's a he, good thing, and he wants the best for people. And sometimes <laughs> the best for people is for it just to be said. The straight up bottom line. Okay, just so tell them. Are you ready to cue it? I'm ready. You ready? Right, here we go. All right. Without further ado, this is that conversation with Mr. Aaron Keller. <laughs> What are you doing, Heath? I had a fitting track for today. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm at the WWE. Well, you kind of, in a way, are. This is the WWO. <laughs> what is that? That's for outdoor. Oh, no. <laughs> WWO coming at you right hey. here from the 12 podcast. <laughs> this was fitting because uh, we got our good buddy Aaron Keller in studio with oh, us today. Hold on a second. If we're going to do, if we're going to introduce Aaron with yeah. this song, you got to do it like you're at a wrestling match. I don't know that I can do it because I'm going to start laughing. It'll be funny. Come I on. I don't know. All right. I can't You've do it. You've asked for it. <laughs> Packed by popular demand. From text to email. <laughs> From Baseville, Arkansas. The one, the only. Aaron Keller. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because <laughs> Aaron Keller said so. Hell, crazy. Hey, this is, uh, all kidding aside, if I go back, I haven't looked at analytics in a while, but episode three is still up there at one of the most downloaded episodes ever in our history. And it is still today the longest podcast we've ever done, over three hours. <laughs> We have diehard listeners is all I'm saying. That's the only reason it's listened to so much because people's like, what in the heck did they talk about? It's like a three hours. <laughs> it's like a whole season in one episode. I think Josh said probably 30 times, I think I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot Josh was in there with us. Yeah. It's uh. All right, can we play the real music now? <laughs> you want to do the real intro now? <laughs> Let's do welcome. No, we don't have to do that. I'm just messing around. Hey, this is the Tour 12 podcast, and we're back again. And we do have Aaron Keller in the studio. How you been, Aaron? Good. You been busy lately? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Whatever. <laughs> You're always busy. So this is this is Aaron Keller. He's actually on vacation this week, but he's down here working. Pretty much. It's a working vacation. It's a working vacation. I think that's all of his vacations are working vacations. I don't normally take vacation. I was talking with Josh the other day, and he said he needed a vacation. Not from work, but just one from one particular problem we were dealing with and he's like i need a vacation not from work just from this problem so i can work <laughs> so he's thinking about taking some time off and uh i get like that though i think the farther we went in business and life even when you're on vacation you're never really off if you own a business i guess yeah 
Now, maybe if you don't, you can be off. But, and I try to respect them. Like when you're gone, I try not to, unless it was calling about something funny mm-hmm. or texting or something, but not business related. Yeah, I try to do that with my guys. If they want to take a vacation, I don't want to bother them. I yeah. just say, make sure everybody knows what's going on before you leave so we can handle it. Right. Yeah. But there's no such thing as a vacation for me. <laughs> I don't necessarily, I don't work doesn't bother me, you know. No, I'm the same. But when way. I take vacation, I want to do what I want to do. Now, if I got to stop and answer uh, a serious email or a phone call or whatever, I mean, just like last night and this morning, I did emails. I mm-hmm. mean, I didn't, and I called a couple of guys, but I didn't, I'm not going to jump back into it but yeah. if i don't i get too far behind yeah but well and you love what you do too yeah right. and we're the same way i was i finally summed up my life goal i think the Let's other day you ready yeah this is deep cody i mean nothing i say is too deep so it's not too deep but i was thinking cause you know we've joked around about retiring by 50 or whatever and i think i figured out my my goal in business is to create a, a job and a work environment that i never want to retire from I think that's a good goal. Oh, absolutely. Because I think that's what we do. It's, mm-hmm. it's That's why, I mean, I worked all weekend this weekend because I was behind, but mm-hmm. I loved it. It wasn't like I was sitting there gripping and moaning yeah. and groaning. Somebody called me and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm editing. And they're like, oh, that sucks. And I'm like, no, actually, it's really peaceful. <laughs> and I'm enjoying it, building a story, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I told my wife that one time. She's like, do you ever not work? And I just said, I love what I do, so it's not work. It's yeah. I'm learning something. and. Part of the reason why this is taking me longer is because I got off on this trail reading about something, and, yeah. and then I was able to call the rest of the team and say, "Hey, here's what you need to do." And so here's a question: food, right. food for thought. If you want to retire someday, does that mean you don't really love your job? <laughs> That's you know, like asking the question: I, Has a problem solver ever had a problem? Yeah, but I think retirement's different for people. I look at my father. Um, you know, he he worked for Union Pacific. Um, it was the only thing he knew how to be was a diesel mechanic, you know, so he was a mechanic there. He loved what he did. He didn't like corporate America. But also, his whole goal was to be able to retire. But guess what he's doing now? He's going to get a CDL because nobody wants to hire a 62-year-old mechanic anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So he can go to work for the county or whatever. I said, why are you going back to work? He said, oh, I need something to do. Then what would you retire for? <laughs> you know? But he was tired of uh, where corporate side, corporate side right. where Union Pacific had gotten. So, um, And I tell this story all the time because I get a lot of my – the way I go about things for my dad is he – you know, there was some guy come in there and hurt his back, supposedly because these big three-quarter inch or one-inch snap-on impacts. Because, again, you're working on locomotives and big wrenches, you know. And so they took them all out of the shop and give them all, like, you know, three-quarter inch Hitachis because they were half the weight. But they wouldn't remove half the bolts, you know. So, Dad, this new young kid come out of college. And yeah. he, he, his Dad said, hey, I can't get these bolts out. And, uh, well, first thing the kid says, well, We'll just cut the heads off. And Dad said, it won't work. And the kid was a smart act. He said, you just do what I told you to do. So Dad just went over and cut the heads of the bolts off. And he come back and got him. He said, okay, now what are we going to do? The bolts' heads are gone, so we're going to have to figure out how to drill this stuff out now. He's like, well, what would you do that for? He said, I tried to tell you, but your college education cut me off and wouldn't listen to a guy that's 40 years' experience of being a mechanic. Yeah. And it took him... He said, instead of, you know, going to buy, he said, but it took the old experienced guys doing crap like that. To help them. And they got the one-inch snap-on impacts back in there to yeah. get that stuff out. There's but. no better school than mm-hmm. than experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. Really not. But that's the reason he wanted to retire, because 
this younger generation of kids that come in and he's saying you know, guys my age you know you know it's not 20 year olds coming and running these companies now i'm probably older than me but you know the it's kind of like the old guard doesn't want the new guard to take over too so you yeah. know if we work for corporate america when we're 55 and you got some yeah. young kid come in all that's definitely true i think that's one thing i love about the outdoor industry is there i think there is still a corporate side to it obviously but it's still small enough that it's not so big we can't really have the relational side of what we love about business mm-hmm. so. it is but the the landscape's changing faster than i think most people realize i mean you got company like peacock you got um arcus you got all these companies you got vista you know it's buying up a lot of brands you know the same with planos energy you know they're <clears throat> they expand what they can this vendor consolidation is a big deal too but but those are all big investment firms coming in because you look at where return on dollars has been in the past you know a guy goes and buys a company and let's just say a competitive market like the automotive or whatever it's they don't make the margins that, that we have on this side of the business this our side of the business still is a pretty high margin uh game i mean and that's where it comes in and it's pretty enticing and exciting some of these yeah these investment mm-hmm. firms so i probably need to catch our listening audience up to who aaron is if you're just joining yeah us. it's been a while since it's been, been a while on. well he's called in a few times yeah aaron is uh, he always says Oh God! Uh, call he's like, "What's up, Aaron Keller?" I'm like, "He knows that he knows." I'm on a podcast. <laughs> so I don't even know what your official title is, but you basically run Mena Dipper. Mena Dipper. Yeah, that's why we always used to say that at General Oil Company because we had Mena tanks and all that. I'm just the Mena Dipper. Oh, I can't God. make no decisions. That's hilarious. So Aaron runs Big and James Swagger as far as the boots on the ground side of it with his team and does a really good job. And we've been friends for a while now. I've been working with him for a long time. And he's in the studio with us today. And we're here doing a little bit of business in, in Arkansas and talking about risk and what is risk, what's calculated risk, what's absolutely stupid, what's not. And we thought we'd jump on a podcast today and talk about some of this and have some fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And we're always looking for ways to grow our business and and grow big and jay and swagger's business and we, we work on the marketing side with those guys and and so it's brought on a lot of conversations about risk and what's what's worth it what's not and some things you don't know you know oh yeah until i, mean, you I think there we're in some scenarios right now we're, we're going to take some risks but we really don't know just how you know what the return is going to be exactly but we know there'll be a return and i think that's where yeah it might be a return to bankruptcy. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so how do how do you look at all that, Aaron? Let me let me set let me set you up before you go there, though, because so so how long has Big and Jay been going now? Ten, twelve years, something like that. Eleven, eleven. Well, since this since started in 07, didn't it? Yeah, but they. I mean, it did, but it didn't try to go national to 09. I got you. So so around ten years then. Yeah, you can really say ten years. But so. if you go back and 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 you looked at at the risk that's been taken on this company, I mean, there's been millions of dollars mm-hmm. put into marketing to get this brand where it's yeah, at. I don't think people understand that. I mean, it these 
I call them fly-by-nighters or parasites, you know. <laughs> you need, do we need to queue up the glass-breaking part? So well, we I mean, it's true. I mean, people, <laughs> again, you take attractants. It's an easy point of entry. It's, it's low risk relatively if you're trying to stay regional. I mean, think about all the regional guys. There's two in Russellville. Yeah. There's one in Arkadelphia. Yeah. They think... You know, they go out and they put our product out and the deer ate it okay. Well, my my deer was eating my blend better, so they think, well, Big and Jay did it, I can do it. Well, yes, you can from a regional level. Yeah. You know, if you're not willing to risk what we risked mm-hmm. and you're happy working your butt off for $2,500 a year or whatever, selling a minimal, whatever. yeah, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Those guys, you know, they're they're just trying to pay for a hobby. And I think that's what some of them, that's their goal. If yeah. They're not looking to make millions off of it. They're like, no. if I can just make a little side cash, having fun. Doing a, what I've a, been doing already. In a, in a hunting category, so to speak, yeah. and so be it, whatever it is. So, and then, then, then there's risks on companies like us from those guys that if you, you can't give all those guys attention, but you got to know they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you if you ignore those guys from a company, there's a risk there too. Because I think about it back in the day, how many people ignored Big and Jay? Yeah. Um, yeah, you've taken the, the space of somebody yeah. that had once yeah. had space I on mean, the shelf. It's like what you talk about all the time in marketing. If you're not doing it, somebody else, if you're not in somebody's feed, that's one minute yeah. somebody else is there. And so yeah, you somebody's be, putting content in front yeah, of them. you got to be making sure you're doing that all the time, or there will be somebody that yeah. takes your space. And the thing I try to explain to um, the people that it's over me is, you know, we sometimes, actually, I actually had the... Um, one of the higher ups at, at TSC said that you know Big and Jay talking about Tractor Supply, yeah, has some people don't know who you're talking about. That's all reason I okay, helped you sorry. out there. <laughs> Tractor Supply Company, pretty so big, pretty they, big out they had, We have created such a demand and a brand that we are always a staple. Now we have created the demand that someone if you you if you don't have Big and Jay in your deer event set or anywhere then you're truly missing the boat. And, and TSC said that, you know, you're one or two skews or staple. It's just like, you know, I've sat in meetings and tell my buyers, you know, go through there because I'm very open and honest. And I'll tell them, you need my competitors, you need this. And, you know, if you don't have, like, us or wild game, you could, you could, you got to have both of us. You can't not have both of us today. Yeah. You don't need everything they got. You don't need everything I got. So there's, there's risk from those guys. So there's, that's where at one point, you know, we look at all these competitors because who's the next Big and J coming along? Well, I don't look at their products because there's a lot of great products that never make it. Yeah. I look at who they got behind them, you yeah. know, if they've got the right capital. Now, if you got great capital and crappy products, you're still not going to make it because mm-hmm. you don't have it. I mean, and there's those. Or, or even great capital and, and terrible personnel yes. that has no yeah. integrity and yes. that, they don't take long in our industry to get no. around either. No, I mean, they won't work with you. No. I mean, you take like, I got a good buddy of mine. He works, he's Primos or Vista, Will Lawrence. He, he, you know, he called me um, yesterday, was it yesterday? Might have been Sunday, whatever. Wanting, then an account was coming into the booth. I wasn't at the show. And he's like, hey, you got any advice for me on this? And we sell competing brands. But we're such good friends. We help each other. Yeah. I mean, we pass off information. I mean, I have a great relationship with, I mean, a lot of the guys at Wild Game that I know are gone, but, um, 
you know, if when back when Pat McKenna and Sheldon was all there, we talked all the time, be like, hey, you, we're missing the boat here, you know, or you're missing the boat here. This is what's going on. Because mm. if if we if we as as leaders in the industry control it, we keep the rest of the people out. So yeah. it's almost we we have a good working relationship because there's only so much space and if i'm going to lose that space i want to lose that space to uh, a wild game because it's what's best for my brand i mean i remember when i first started telling uh, selling tractor supply and they had buckwheats and they had just crap on the shelf and i literally told them i was like you are selling your customer junk <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, but tractors but their whole motto it it, it's all about the customer. Yeah. All right. So I mean it's like it's like it, was it they didn't know though? No, they didn't. So I was trying to educate them. I was like, You're always out of my product. You're always out of I mean, if you don't have acorn rage or sugar beet crush on the shelf today, you don't need to be buying that category. Yeah. I mean that's just you plain don't know what you don't know what you're doing. Which Either is your you, competitor. Yeah. You must have a personal vendetta or something, but that's what I wanted. I mean, they had they had crap I had never heard of. I'm mm. like, where'd this come from? Well, Tractor gives everybody fair shots back in the day. Yeah. And it was all about margin to them. Well, yeah, I can come in and say this cup that looks like this Yeti cup, but I don't spend $1.9 million just to advertise this cup. So, yeah, I can give you a whole bunch of margin. You know, that was what they looked for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it didn't sell. But then you got to clearance it out at the end of the year. So, how how, how good was that margin, won't you? Mm -hmm. And and then what they did is they, they got a new buyer in that cared, and yeah. he listened. And it made their deer vent. So I mean, what, backtrack a little bit, what gave you that credibility that they would listen to you when you first went in there to, to have those conversations? Um, you know, Big and Jay was still relatively young at that stage, but just my experience in the industry, because where I came Prior from. Prior to when you got yeah, there. Yeah, you think from 1998 to whatever, I was in retail at one of the larger stores. You know, we had multiple locations. Then, you know, I was a buyer there, and then... I worked for Big Rock, which is one of the largest distributors, and then worked for a couple of rep agencies. So I was able to go in and sit down. But also, by that time, I had been selling, you know, um, to Bass Pro Academy, Dick Scanner. <clears throat> and I was able to share my experiences from those. Um, and if you go into a tractor supply today, of course, they got a, a great buyer there today. But you go in there today, and you only see wild game. You only see Big and Jay. You only see Antler King. You know, it's kind of like the seed side of the business. If you don't have Antler King, you don't have Whitetail Institutes, and you don't have Evolved. You're missing it. Yeah, you don't need anything else. Yeah. And, you know, that's where I differ with some of my guys on my organization because they think of us as Coca-Cola. Well, we're not Coca-Cola. We're more like Colgate. If you walk into Walmart and you've been, your wife says, hey, you make sure you get peppermint Colgate with whatever two splashes of this, and they ain't got it. You don't go home without toothpaste. You just buy the next thing. Right. Well, I, I come home with Crest myself. Crest. <laughs> but in the deer side, if you walked into a tractor supply today, yeah. and you was looking for BB220 and it's out, are you going to the deer woods right then without something? No. You're buying something else. I'm buying whatever else is left. That's right. And that's Which, by the way, I was in Walmart yesterday, and there was one bag of BB Square I left. Know. Can't keep it. That's the biggest problem we still have today. We could be $47 million company today if we could just keep his crap in stock. Keep it in stock. But, but, um, but that, that's where people, you know, they truly, 
it's it's risk uh but you know when i say risk that's we have a risk because you know do sometimes we get overconfident about our brand and mm-hmm. we think we're coca-cola well we're never coca-cola right because i i use the fishing analogy a bunch to my guys i'm like if i walk in now this is different if i got time to prep but if i'm walking in and looking for invisex and 15 pound fluorocarbon fishing line right i'm gonna buy that if they don't have it i'm gonna order it if i got time but if there's a new advertisement that pops up, and my buddy's like, dude, have you tried this new Sunline? I have thought of, you know, I'm like, no, I haven't. Well, guess what I'm doing? You're going to try it. I tried it because it's not what I'm doing. I mean, I don't drink Bud Light <laughs> if they're out of Miller. You know what I'm saying? It's right. it's it's going to my body, right. you know, and uh, same way. I don't drink Pepsi. I drink Coke Zero because I don't do sugar. But, I mean, yeah. if I ain't got Coke Zero, I don't buy it. Yeah. I'd be like, nope. Ain't happening. Different for different deer. for this. Yeah. I mean, why do we buy a new bow every year? Why do we buy? We're always looking for that advantage mm-hmm. in the hunter. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing where some of these corporate companies risk because they think we bought a brand. Everybody's going to just buy this brand, and they try to just think they're the nothing can break you down. Yeah. Well, them new guys coming up because you ever get that one new item that's hot. Yeah. And they've got capital behind them. It's a big deal problem today is these conglomerates find them first and buy them yeah and then put them in the fold but a lot of times they ruin them i mean they really do so yeah there's a there's a balance knack there to me it sounds like because you've got the what you call the parasite companies coming up that may Mm -hmm. they may actually have a good product Mm -hmm. but they may not have the capital to do it at a national level Mm -hmm. you got to have some capital if walmart comes along and says i want your product you better have some backing because you ain't about to afford it and then wait for however long it takes to pay you, pay you, you know. And so, but then you've got the other side of it where if you are an established brand, you've got to keep putting risk out there to keep keep your product and brand and SKUs mm-hmm. going and new new product new lines. Products. And yeah. so that part's hard to do without capital on the on the. If you're just at that entry level, you know, easy point entry or whatever. If you're at that level, it's hard to add five new SKUs in a year mm-hmm. if you're just trying to keep up with try keeping a few pallets at some feed stores, you know. So that's one thing I, I think I think you're right. A lot of people don't realize from at least on the big and J side, there's been 10 years of millions of dollars of marketing gone into this thing to get it to where, where it's at. And I know it can be frustrating sometimes to see a guy come along and try to emulate. What's that old saying? The, the best form Far of flattery. flattery is, what's that uh, called? That old one liner. Um, anyway, but that happens quite a bit. You see somebody trying to ride your coattails of, of all the dollars you've spent. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the advantages to capital there is you can shut them down pretty quick if they, if they tiptoe that line too close, mm-hmm. you know, but we see a lot of that. And so there's, I, but then I see like on our side on, if you go back to the meeting, now we're more of a service-based business, but we basically have zero risk in, which I really like this kind of business. I don't know if y'all figured that out or not, but <laughs> Like if, if we lose a client, it ain't the end of the world. You know what I mean? It's not good, but it's not like we're going to file bankruptcy or something to where it's not like we get, we're floating millions and millions of dollars out here waiting on somebody to hopefully. Cody just sell. draws unemployment for a couple of months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he calls, he calls big and Jay, see if he can come to work. <laughs> hey Aaron, you got a job. <laughs> so they'll be like, no, they don't. That's why you don't have one right now. Cause they cut us. <laughs> you know, there's risk everywhere you go. I mean, 
you, you know you take our risk i mean it's not just risk of competitors it's risk of of like even growth is a risk yeah i mean you take like the, last year we we bought four new baggers i mean we created a line where we could because we we our bag is not the most efficient bag we have a special bag that nobody else uses it's a little harder to feel um but it has great shelf appeal it ships great i mean it ha- we we kept it for a reason right um but it limits us it's a risk in other places but you know we spent all this money last year robot and it's sweet by the bag way. flattener all these things that you know just trying to get us even better you know i know but it was a risk because all of a sudden you're like okay we got to grow this business to pay for this mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Yeah. And then you're sitting there and you're like clicking your heels and it's just still just a slow growth. We need a skyrocket. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, well, this is a very seasonal business for y'all too, though. Oh yeah. So it's not like it's ramping up in spring for deer attractants. No, you got your diehard guys that are going to, you heard tell 365 guys, which is a small percentage of the world you gotta yeah. take care of them all year long yeah mm-hmm. but the, i mean how many people are really doing that in oh, the big, big picture most of your guys are weekend warriors and mm-hmm. they want to put some daily dust out and kill a deer that afternoon yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. which you can do i mean you think about me <laughs> I, I ain't i ain't put a first trail camera out yet let me rephrase that i put trail cameras out like five years ago they're still on the same tree <laughs> i just changed batteries in them and Aaron, aaron's got a warehouse changed the batteries yet <laughs> i do every year i ain't been out there yet i ain't seen them since november aaron's the guy that has a warehouse full of feed and he still ain't put nothing out <laughs> most seven, guys are okay. just over drooling at his warehouse yeah <laughs> i did i we put some out because we have a in our warehouse we take the damaged product you know because you get uh bags that are leaking or whatever we just pack it on there and that's what we give all the guys and we, i got 17 ton in the warehouse and i ain't been using them so i just called some buddies up the other day and i i wielded out on the front dock and i said there's a whole pile of cubes there get what you want and they're like really and my buddy's like, I got four. I said, four? <laughs> there's 24. I was like, dude, there's 80 on that pallet. Take it all. He's like, I don't take all your blocks. I was like, dude, I got 17 more pallets, pallets, pallets in the warehouse. He's like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> you of course, then I, there's a guy there. This was when, you know, one of the guys, because we share up, we lease a building in Batesville from uh, a friend of ours, and he's got employees. And one of my buddies sends me a picture in some Batesville online yard sale big, <laughs> selling feed big and j blocks damaged for sale oh my god and he had his girlfriend which it's like you think people this is how dumb young kids are cue <laughs> <laughs> up the music <laughs> but you know he's in a relationship so i'm like who is this chick how'd she get these damaged blocks so you know i just and it was on facebook so i just put on her and i'm like in who's she dating in relationship i was like oh yep there you are here's the doc boy that works there that i know (laughs) my wife i've been joking with her about starting an online outdoor store with all my just stuff all your stuff when you're done with it just well some of it i mean i got bows hanging with no they still got the tags hanging on them Mm -hmm. you know there's just so much when you when you've been in the business for so long yeah there's no way you can use everything problem is you're 10 years behind oh i know but I can still sell. Some. I can remember back in the day when I was a rep and online was just really starting. It was eBay back then. That's what everybody sold on. It's mm-hmm. still pretty big. And I had a guy 
down in South Arkansas. And uh, he was my buddy, Marcus Drica, is the one that told me about him. And that was our little secret. <laughs> I'd go down there and I'd sell him $100,000 worth of archer stuff. And everybody would be like, where are you? Where's he getting rid of all that? And if you walked in his shop, it was such a wreck. I mean, it, dude, it looked like you had to walk in a path. Mm-hmm. And his, I mean, it was just the nastiest thing you ever seen in your life. But that freaking FedEx and UPS trucks was going on. He was shipping bows all over. Just the selling them on eBay. Selling them on eBay. Wow. And he, he's probably making a ton of money too. Killing it. And he made my numbers look great. So I just, and then I'd sell all my samples to him, you know. So I always had an outlet to get rid of because I think most people don't read my buddies. Like, man, you got all this cool stuff. Yeah, I got to buy it all. I got 20 grand worth of stuff here right. that I had to sell yeah. or pay for, you know, yeah. and that's what you got to do. But yeah, I'd dump everything there. But that was back on that <laughs> online game. As you think about it, here he was online. Well, he didn't manage his risks. And all these bigger players come into the game that had capital instead yeah. of him building a good website and building stuff like that and trying to stay ahead of the game. He was just comfortable making his probably selling several million dollars a year yeah. to where he is non-existent anymore. How do you I want to I want to help land this for some listeners because we talk about on calculated risk on on our side of business fairly often. Um, you're on a, at a different level of having to calculate risk but i feel like I mean, i've known you for a long time now one of the things that makes you successful i feel like in calculating those risks is you calculate the risk and the dollar amounts as if it were your own money yeah so talk about that for a minute because a lot of people if they've got you guys have one of the largest you probably are the largest privately owned equity group in the whole outdoor industry from my knowledge um you have very wealth wealthy owners but it doesn't mean you mistreat money or no i spend i've always had that um mentality of you, you i spend it like it's mine you know because i'm pretty frugal anyhow i don't spend a lot of money in my personal life and and i think that comes from when i when i was a road rep i try to tell guys you know back when me and my wife she was still a full-time student and i was traveling the road we had two kids and i was on a draw system if i didn't sell i didn't get paid if I didn't sell, I couldn't pay my expenses because it come out of my pocket. Yeah. And then you start really thinking about, you know, you start saying at your sister-in-law's house, which what grown man wants to say at the sister-in-law's house? <laughs> well, she was centrally located in my territory, so I could work out of her house throughout the week. No, it wasn't fun. But even when I went to work for a company that paid all my expenses, I still did it. Now, some Arkansas people would like it. They'd be like, my sister-in-law's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all get that in a minute. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're thinking of your sister, not sister-in-law. <laughs> in Arkansas, anyway. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, I've been, I used to travel Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky. <clears throat> Everybody talks about Arkansas. Oh, I know. That's one of the things I've noticed when I travel. Yeah. We get hacked on. And it's just as bad. West Virginia, <laughs> dude, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. See, in Arkansas, we got trailer parks. They're, they're crawling out from under rocks in the mountains. So right. that's the difference there. <laughs> See, I'm on the flip side, though. I've, we've got quite a few clients in Texas now. I'm, I'm going to write a book one day just called Understanding Texas. <laughs> Aaron always says it's even in their sales and stuff. It's like their own country over yeah. there. Yeah. Like we treat, they believe it's their own country too. <laughs> <laughs> but they're being infiltrated. It's going to be a freaking democratic state for us. Oh Lord, hey, we love all our 
Texas people. Y'all are our third largest listening state, by the way. We got a. Have I ever talked to you about our our state listeners, Cody? No. You probably can guess number one. Texas and Arkansas. No, nope. well, it was Texas for a while. Oh, it was it's, it's Arkansas. Arkansas now. Yeah, and uh, but Minnesota comes in pretty high. Really? California was for a while. Really? That was back. But you know, ever since Aaron made that little California, I crushed that audience. Audience. Yeah, he crushed that audience one day. <laughs> but he made the comment, "California yuppies," and that was it. And about two weeks later, I got to looking at analytics. <laughs> Aaron, can you uh, make a public apology now so I we can get those apologize to all y'all, California yuppies? <laughs> oh Lord! So I've I just, been, to, I've been to. You know, my brother lived in California for years, and. You go up north. It's oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful, different. Yeah. They ain't nothing. Again, it's run by the Metropolitans. I mean, mm-hmm. you take that out of the equation, and it's just like, it's the way it is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you, I got good friends in New York State, and they're on the western side. It's beautiful. It looks like, you know, around oh, yeah. here. Yeah, it's awesome. And that whole state, when you think of New York, you think of New York City, and it's this big liberal New place, York but it's City. truly not. Mm-hmm. No. It's just those big cities. Yeah. No. Back back to our. I totally threw a rabbit yeah. squirrel trail. You squirreled us there. I've been trying to stay on point today. But what I was going to say is, I think the I think the lesson here is when we're talking about risk is no matter if you are spending your money or you're not spending your money to treat it like you're spending your money. Right. Yeah. You have to. And if you don't manage your money well, then treat it like you're spending your wife's money <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you got to keep that in check and have accountability or you, you can get out of hand quick, especially yeah. in big business. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it even in this company in the early mm-hmm. years. Uh, you can go, you can blow through some money in a hurry, yeah, and, and not have any return. And there comes a time, you know, when you got to manage your dollars. Um, you know, it's a risk, even for us, a company our size. You can still overspend. You can, you can get comfortable in the growth that we have and take off. And you know, I, I, I can say we've done a little bit of that. And you got to step back and look at things and be like, okay, how can we do this better? Mm-hmm. Do we really need this big of a trade show booth? Because you know, you look at ATA and you walk around, and I, I, there's some big ones. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think ATA is 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 not necessarily dying, but I don't think it's a growing thing. Um, I look at, I actually write less business today at ATA than I did six years ago. ATA is, for those that don't know, is Archery Trade Association. Yeah. It's one of the biggest biggest archery trade show in the world. Yeah. And that's where buyers, it's a buyer show. Mm-hmm. It's and, a lot, uh, it's your, a lot of your mom and Paul, but all your majors are there too. But you, it, it's become, every, every show has become less about riding today than it used to be. I mean, I can remember in the 2000, early 2000s ATA, I mean, there was guys sitting there with a white piece of paper, and they never got up. I mean, they was just writing right constantly. Orders. And it's not that today. I think we're all better communicating to our customers and being prepped. Because by the time I go to ATA, I'm pretty much done with all the majors. You know, they just come to my Is it still a big deal for your up-and-comers that are trying to get in to get some shelf space? If I, w- if I was trying to be in this industry today – I would tell anybody that wanted to be in this industry today from a retail standpoint, you better either A, live where you got a lot of hardcore hunters or find a different business to be in. Because me and my wife, we looked at, um, we wanted to purchase the store that I used to run. I mean, we talked about it. And today, I mean, the day of online sales is killing things. Yeah. It really is. And I, I think there's a place for retail still today because there's i mean i'm a touchy feel guy i don't buy it online unless i know what i'm buying well it depends on yeah it depends on the product yeah 
Um, I mean, you can't buy firearms ultimately today, but if I just was going to be an archer shop today, nope, no way, no, it's not happening. It's a declining business. Um, to me, it's a bad business decision. To have an archery shop? If you were starting a new one today. Oh. If you didn't already have an established yeah. name. And yeah. So what do you think ATA has become if it's not writing orders? What do you, what do you think the value is? I mean, you're just, it's more, it's PR. You're still unveiling your product for people to see. They just don't write there like they used to. And we still write a good amount of business there. I'm not saying we don't. But in the past, we used <coughs> ATA to... Um, I mean, we entertained there until I got in trouble. <laughs> so that's back in the day when we had a freaking full bar in the back of the booth. Yeah, they shut y'all down. Yeah. Um, I, I would be, to me, getting into this thing, I think about, because there are still a lot of new companies trying to come along. Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, I applaud them for that. I love seeing people try and try to make it. But you've got to, I think you've got to determine what you want to be from the very get go. Mm -hmm. Like your mentality is not everybody's mentality. Like I know your mentality. You want to dominate, be the biggest, baddest son of a gun ever hit the outdoor industry. And I think there are, we call it mom and pop, but we call, you know, you you may call it parasite guys, but I think there are guys that just want to get into it for fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And they do calculate whatever risk, and they say, this is just what I can or can't do. I can grow it to this level. That's all I can afford to grow it to, and to see what happens. Um, but I know how you're driven, too, and I'm, I'm kind of driven that way, too. Explain your mentality on why is it you want to be, because I've been having this conversation with my, with my wife, because I think sometimes our spouses and stuff, they don't understand our mindset. Like, I can give you a perfect example. My wife, she's amazing. But I know in her mind, she's like, why Why do you want to grow something more? Mm-hmm. Like, life's awesome. You don't necessarily have to have more money or whatever. Because, and I do, I do believe this, bigger's not always better. Mm-mm. There's a lot of pressure comes with it. And so, <clears throat> help maybe somebody that's on the, that's in the growth process or looking at starting a new business, understand your mindset on why you like the idea of just dominating and being the biggest, baddest Stone Cold, Aaron Keller, Steve Austin. <laughs> We're gonna get some Aaron Keller three sixteen shirts. <laughs> oh Lord, I don't like it's that. hard to explain that. I think sometimes yeah, it's just I mean, the way you're wired. Yeah, I don't know that I truly, in my mind, think about dominating to that point until somebody throws the first stone. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just about being the the best we can be because I, I truly think about business. Business is not about me. It's about taking care of my customer. Right. So my job is to bring them a quality product with quality marketing, with quality margins so they can sell. And that's just, that's always been my mentality how to grow. Now, when there's those guys come in and they throw a big stone at me, the problem is I'm very competitive and I'm going to crush you. That's my mentality. (laughs) You know, but there's guys and they're young coming in. You know, if you're coming into this industry today... Uh, the best thing I'd tell you is if you want to you want to survive it, you you know your biggest risk is coming in thinking your balls are bigger than everybody else. Yeah, because they ain't. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's always somebody. Bigger. You ain't got a better product than me. Yeah, I mean, I think I got the best product. You think you got the best product? Well, your deer said it. My deer said it. So again, let's put our money where our mouth is. I mean, that's that's where you push me to to the yeah. point. Whereas if you come to me and said, "Hey, I'd really like to do this, man." 
I've watched y'all do this. I'm a guy that'll help you. Oh, I'm the same way. I'll be like, yep. there's room for us. I mean, again, my buddy Will Lawrence called me. We're competing for the same freaking shelf space. Yeah. I want to know any insight on this because they weren't selling. He wasn't <clears> selling <throat> the customer yet, and I am. Yeah. You know, I'm just. That would be advice I would give to people if, if and even if you are, let's say it's a deer attractant. That's what we're talking about here, kind of as their brand. But if you're coming into it, the the thing the, that can crush you the quickest is trying to act like you're bigger than you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and pop off to the wrong people about yeah. it. Yeah, we had a guy pop off. I won't throw out names, but it's hilarious because we're not gonna give him the time of day. But I saw uh, somebody, and this is just how small the industry is. We had a close friend that sent us uh, somebody Snapchat a couple weeks ago. I think I sent it to you just yeah. for fun, and it said "Screw Big and Jay" or something. Suck it, Big and Suck Jay. it, Big and Jay. <laughs> and so I was like, "Who are these people?" And so I pulled it up because I was entertained by who would even say that for one. Like, uh-huh. why did they say that? And I pulled up and found the brand that it was. And so then, just out of curiosity, because I didn't even really know they were on the radar, and. And I'm not sure they are after I looked at their dealer locator, but I pulled up two dealer locators and I didn't even, I was like, like I literally, I was like, why would you do that? Yeah. Just being yeah. stupid. You know? Well, the, my deal is I, I, I love when people bash us. It just makes me laugh. I mean, cause that's when, you know, it's kind of like you remember when you kids, you play King of the mountain, you mm-hmm. know, everybody's trying to knock you off the top. Oh yeah. That's the deal. Yeah. And you're not being made fun of or, there's a reason there's they're, a reason saying, they're saying like that yeah. i mean well a lot of us they're just wanting they're looking for marketing i think i don't know yeah. if they do it intentionally but they're hoping you'll respond yeah. because it, it's as if they matter yeah if you i respond. don't have time to waste on them <laughs> you I've, your instagram post is proofs that you ain't got time for anybody <laughs> <laughs> i want to know what your instagram name is Hey, let's talk about his Instagram feed real quick. Was that, wasn't that you last week? Uh, no, no it was Rob. Rob. It was Rob. We were in the truck coming home. We got to talking to Instagram. And this sucker, he was on private where you can't see your, you got to request it. Yeah, I got I don't want people seeing my stuff. He said, I don't want people seeing my stuff. <laughs> what the? You know how many posts I got, Cody? I don't. Zero. Zero. <laughs> he had zero posts. What on is your Instagram. name? That's what I want to know. Daddy Cinnabar. Daddy Cinnabar. <laughs> <laughs> That so, sounds like some Stone Cold intro music. That's, that's hey, y'all, just, I I'm was, Daddy Cinnabar. <laughs> I was this hardcore guy, and y'all just made me my softers. No, um, Chuck, Chuck Ariaga, my, <laughs> one of my Texas buddies, he nicknamed me Daddy Cinnabar, I don't know how many years ago. That's hilarious. That's my, fun. Because we was at a deer camp, and I had my little wife beater shirt on, all no, my hair sticking, sticking out. out. He's like, good Lord, Daddy Cinnabar. And it's just stuck with me ever since. My son, Max, and Aaron came over to the house a couple weeks ago and had uh, enchiladas. And when Aaron and I left, my son Maxon said, "Did Santa Claus leave?" <laughs> and then, then it went from Santa Claus to sent a bear. Sent a bear. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Brandon, you can't get rid of your nickname. No, no, he's be the body. He's I think he's starting him. to own it. He is. Oh yeah, he's I, think, I think he probably has a T-shirt. I think, a, he, I think he walks a little different in the CrossFit gym now. Yeah, he's got like, a little I'm more body. He's got a little more confidence. <laughs> I did, he's I, listening right now going oh god yeah <laughs> he is, he's like, that's dumb I, I was still I was driving the one I was driving listening to that one the other day and he's like I'm gonna kill Aaron <laughs> I just died laughing oh. that's hilarious that is funny but now um, back to our we rabbit how did we rabbit trail so bad there? Uh, it's probably my fault yeah, I'm yeah, it was hashtag Instagram. yeah it was hashtag but yeah. see I manage my risk there when you don't make no posts and it's on private there ain't no risk you got on social media but don't want nobody to see that <laughs> what, what are some so for somebody that's trying to get into something like this whether it's outdoor industry or some other industry or anything well 
I know I'm sorry to cut you quick, but the thing about what I find, and, and we've done it, I've done it myself, is one of the biggest risks, people fall in love with their own products, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest risk you can have. You think your product's the best, nothing's better. I mean, I remember back in the day, Jeremy would be like, we'd get a, a dealer send in or on back when we were, it was just he and I, so I was customer service, everything, <clears throat> yeah. come in and deer won't eat it. And Jeremy would be like, he ain't got no deer. I'm like, because, you know. He had his, an emotional connection yeah, to I'm the like, product. Whoa, yeah. hold on a second, Jeremy. I'm like, deer are like kids. I mean, you think about it. You know, they've been eating. There's a, so there's a balance there. Yeah. you got to believe in your product, mm-hmm. which right. you do. He does. But he's you can't be so far on one yeah. side. And he's now. And that's where people, you know, I, I we see people bring products to us all the time and, and you know, want us to invest or, you know, whatever. And they're, they're so in love with what they have. They can't see the forest for the trees, the old statement. They yeah. truly can't be objective about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm guilty as everybody's guilty of it. Right. So that's one of the biggest risks I see is they think they can't fail because their products. You're stupid if you don't use my product. I mean, yeah, I, that's I, the quickest I, way to turn off somebody. I, oh, I'm yeah. dealing with a guy right now on a product, and he, he says, "We're going to change the world, man. We're going to change the world." No, we're not. <laughs> I mean, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna make an impact little at a time. But it's you love the passion, right? Mm-hmm. But it's hard to. I mean, you just want to smack them <laughs> to knock sense into them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't really understand that. It's a lot like a kid. You know, we're all raising kids, but what's they they say now? Your the brain doesn't fully develop till they're 21 yeah it's like let's, constant let's put teaching. that in the outdoor yeah in the business perspective for a minute if yeah. you're just coming into a business any any category across the world and it's year one your brain's got a lot of developing to do oh, yeah. until it's all gonna really make sense it's no different we launched swagger i mean we made a lot of mistakes we thought you know it, i mean it was we we we're like we've already learned we've learned hard lessons now nah. No, we just learned a new set of hard lessons. Yeah, you know? I yeah. mean, it, it, and you know, it's one of those deals that's trying to explain it. And that's what people don't understand. You know, there's those copycat guys that they're going to come in and they're going to steal some market share from some of us on the small, at the regional level, and maybe some on the national level. But um, you take like a brand like Swagger and all that, where we didn't copycat, but it's so unique. Yeah, we've struggled to make people understand that it's different. Yeah, because you know yeah, the educational side is challenging when it's a legit new product. It's kind of like back in the day when you went, you had you know the old Holly carburetor, and all of a sudden we started to go and throttle bot and get into direct inject you know injectors. Them old carburetor guys would be like, "You're dumb." Well, you can't find a carburetor at anything today unless you're buying a lawnmower. You know, I mean, it's the same mentality. Everything. Anytime there's a change in progression in technology, people fight it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah, you're really marketing to your early adopters and your yes. innovators on that front end. Absolutely. That's the only people that's going to buy your product. And they're, they're the lowest. Yeah. I mean, they're a low percentage. And then there's people that are like, you know, you think you got to be in Bass Pro or Walmart or Tractor the first year. Well, that's the biggest mistake you could oh, ever yeah. do. Because yeah. if you it put it there and it don't sell, then you, you ain't getting back. Yeah. And that's hard for me to even explain to the to my owners or whatever. They There's a strategic growing cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a just uh, – I could pull every string and every relationship I have and my reps and get, get it in there. And get it in there 
to watch it fail. Yeah. That is that is the biggest risk yeah. for anybody new. Yeah. It's not having the patience to let your brand well, the develop. Prime, and, and to prove that theory right is you will see a lot of times, like I'll go in Walmart and be like, well, I've never heard of that product or mm-hmm. whatever. And somebody's done it. Mm-hmm. And, but most of the time, it'll be a different product next year. Yes. Yeah. They've, they've lost their shelf quick. space. They I always think on. of that, like with my son, Jaden, he, he's growing really fast and he's he's finally starting to catch up with his body but could you imagine a one-year-old kid all of a sudden being six foot the next day it would be a train wreck Mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of the same way with business if you go way too fast you hadn't had time to catch up you hadn't had time to figure out how this works and that works and then then you lose it and you're still learning your product that's what i try to tell people you think you know your product you don't know your product till the world starts using it yeah Mm mm-hmm because they're they going to pull out stuff you never thought try, about. I mean, they're going to break it ways you never thought people oh, would try to break it. You think, I mean, they're going to try to plant your attractant. Oh, you realize how that's <laughs> like it's a food plot. I, I don't, I honestly don't know how people function throughout the day, but because most people are freaking just don't pay attention. I won't, but every, every, no matter what your product is, some harder than others, some easier than others, but there's an educational side to it. Like we joke about that planting, but we literally had somebody message oh, yeah. us. Well, they say the product's not growing. Yeah, <laughs> put your planted your product, put your product out, and nothing grew. I'm put like, it in the ground, nothing grew. What? Oh, what? What are you talking about? And Big and Jay's, seed. And Big and Jay's been around a long time. Yeah, and still. Oh, there's still people that have no idea. Yeah, no. the educational side is is that's part of, and that's part of where even risking is that a risk or not? You've got to put some dollars into getting figuring out how you're going to educate people. Yes, and that's part of the marketing strategy. If it's not every product's different, I mean. You ain't got to educate somebody on if a, a hot dog's good or not. I mean, people's going to, you know, now you mm-hmm. to, you got to educate them on why your brand's better than another hot right. dog, you know. Um, so whatever whatever the product is, there's going to be some some risk involved with figuring out the capital to, to fund this thing or whatever, well, and if I, you're going to do it at a large scale. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when this YouTube crap was getting big and... <laughs> And the five thousand, pretty big here. It is, but I remember what's when, YouTube. But the five thousand, <laughs> I never heard of that. <laughs> but you think about it, you and I have had this conversation. I think you've managed risk on the strut and buck side great because five six years ago when these guys come in because back in the day ata let anybody in with media credentials yeah trying to sell us a sponsorship dude we're on we got the next best hunting show and we're what what channel well we're, we're gonna be on we're digital only youtube yeah piss off because <laughs> everybody is or Every, can be can be yeah and i you know back then when y'all talked about going digital the shows that are gonna win and i've said this for years the guys that or on network television can do both and can do both mm-hmm. anybody can do digital yeah and you can't create a new hunting show i don't give a crap what you got <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking- aaron if, if you haven't listened to previous podcasts aaron loves outdoor tv too and we, own, we own our own show or owned our own show <laughs> <laughs> he loved it so much he let it go <laughs> and sent me with it yes yeah, and you go that's right <laughs> pawned y'all off see ya I managed drifts. That's so funny. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast mm. that we'll get into later. But you know, I mean, but back in the day, you look at these companies that they're like, these new companies, well, they fell into that risk that all these, you know, small hunting shows, and oh man, I got 37 shows using my product. They thought they were doing something. Yeah. Nobody's seen that back then. Yeah. I mean, what'd you get? 3,000 views a whole year off of everybody? <laughs> Well, that's the deal is getting 
Now, there are some people coming in now that are getting legitimate numbers. It's different today. It's different today. But it's still, it's still anybody can do it. Yes, digital. anybody can do digital. Yeah, that's what separates you. That, that's what separates you from, I'll say this, because we work on both sides of it and get monies on both sides of it, digital and, and television. And to this, to this day, the credibility of television and the dollars behind you know, monetary sponsors, not product sponsors, far outweighs the digital, what they'll pay digitally. It just does. Mm-hmm. And so... But it's it's harder to get into too. Yeah, I mean it is. And there's and there there and the TV side shrinking too. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. us, you know, we're managing risks for us. I mean, while the TV show was a great avenue for our brands, it was also a very risky avenue and a lot of money and a lot of money. So yeah. we we were just trying to manage that. I don't necessarily think it was a bad thing. We just don't have the manpower to take on that project right now. I mean, it, we we. We took it as far as as we could take it. It was time to give it to somebody like Mark that could take it to the next level. Yeah, you know. Um, so it, and Mark will manage his risks, and like I said, he's got four or five brands, and that's when it's worth something. That's today. when it makes sense for him to control the content yeah. for his brands on a national stage. So I think the I think the digital thing is. Who's his dream? Is that Heath? Oh, it's that's be the body. You want to answer? Yeah, we got him on right here. Here we go, watch this. Oh, gosh, here we go. What's up, Be the Body? You got me on a podcast. <laughs> you Be the Body, you're on a podcast. We're down here in meetings. I'm and in the, dude, I'm in the front yard. We'll come in. We're in here. Uh, well, the whole house is locked down. I was actually still feed out of the trailer. Feed out of the truck. Oh, he's at your house. He's at your own oh, house. Oh, no, we're, at we're over to office. We're over to office in the oh. sauna. I in the sauna. I saw a truck in your front. <laughs> Is the air off again? <laughs> yeah, it kicked off on us. We're over sweating, drinking coffee and drinking sweating. Coffee. We're like we're like that uh, the mafia movie. Them old men sitting around white towels. <laughs> we all got wife beaters on now too. <laughs> now Aaron got him a new truck out there. Well, that's what I saw a truck out front, and I was like, them suckers in there scheming. Scheming. Oh, we're always scheming. You know that. Hello, hello. Yep, we're going to head to another meeting here at 11 o'clock, so we just threw one in while we had Aaron in town. So Yeah, we got 15 minutes. I got you. Y'all are going to be late. You got 15 minutes. We'll be all right. We'll get over there. If y'all got to be at a meeting, I ain't coming by there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be gone. That's true. That's true. I like when B's on a podcast. He's more Southern than me. Oh, yeah, he is pretty Southern. He is. He's got that. So we got I make the, you sound good. That's right. I we, make you sound good, don't I, Aaron? That's right. We got the two best nicknames. <laughs> they made me unveil mine a while ago, so don't feel bad. Hey, you're going to like this podcast, Brandon, because we... Uh, I am? Yeah, we introduced Aaron today with Stone Cold Steve's awesome intro music. Crushing <laughs> 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 dreams like right. Stone Cold Steve. I told him the only thing I need right now, if, if, if it was 5.30, I'd be smashing two Miller Lite cans together. <laughs> Off his head. <laughs> Golly. That's hilarious. You got to shave your head now. Yep. I, I got buzzed the other day in my wife was pissed <laughs> and my you daughter ain't got much left i, I mean it won't take this minute I, I know and then my daughter's like well it don't really look any different mom <laughs> <laughs> the sides are shorter that's right <laughs> i'm gonna get cody to buzz it today oh, you going to feed some deer yeah i got my day fell through this morning so i'm gonna run out here to dad's and Grab Check back some cards and grab back cotton uh, seed if you want some of it. 
I ain't got the stuff to put any out. Yeah. I ain't got any wire or anything. I got you. Where's two bags sitting there if you want some cotton seed? Are they in the trailer? No, they're up there by the garage. Feel like I'm being cheated on right now. Oh yeah, it's big and Jake competitor. How's that make you feel? I heard. <laughs> so mix mix some mix some BB square and it's on way they'll eat it. <laughs> Trust me, there will be some sprinkled around it to start them off. Yep. I promise you. For sure. That's all right. I mean, I don't know if they'll eat it right now or not. I don't know that much about it. Yeah, it really ain't peak season for that. But hey, what would why would uh, we was talking about that earlier? Because I was looking at the bag. What would make? Um, we said pigs won't eat that or don't like it. Horses no, and pigs. It, Horses and pigs. You gotta have, you gotta have a, a roaming like a goat or a sheep or a, a cow to process that whole cotton seed. So when it's ground up, they can process it, correct? Yes, okay. but not whole like that. Not whole. With that, all that fiber and stuff like that, it'll freaking clog their. In, I mean, it won't kill them. I, I guess it could if it got if they had too much of it. Careful, careful um, what you say there. You might get quoted on national air. <laughs> it oh, won't. I forgot about we're on podcast. <laughs> it won't kill them. Well, wait, it might. <laughs> That's everything I said. I don't know enough about cotton seed to be talking about it, so I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, a horse can founder itself. I know a cow can eat it. I know a cow can eat it and a deer can eat it. And that's all that I'm really concerned about because that's where my money's made in cows and deer. Yeah. Well, I knew, I know we've been, I know they've been feeding cotton seed in those two industries for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. And from, my, from my understanding, they eat it better through the winter, winter. late winter, spring, early spring because it, the fat content is really high in it and they're craving that fat at that time of year and they they really kind of get on it good during that time of year yeah yeah i knew that the because i know and it's good protein as well that's where it's better than rice bran rice bran's got just like good fat just like right now you know you can put uh head crush out right now and they just destroy it because that's what they're craving right now salt. did you say head crush head crush it's head what, rush what's it called head rush. oh my gosh that's what I said. y'all just lost some sponsorship dollars that's the funniest thing that's what i y'all just can't understand it y'all just can't understand me that southern marble, accent that marbles in his mouth yeah. we didn't know <laughs> That ain't a good, that ain't a bad idea for that's a good idea for a new product. They are killing that product. You know that that one product right there, that might be our. You know we launched. They demolished it on the my. new product. That might be our fastest growing product we've ever had. I'm fixing to dump a bucket of it on my legit pile here in just a minute. So they want to eat legit as fast because it's pretty potent. So they, it, I think it, it really slows them down. Um, I like it. It makes me feel like I did something. <laughs> when you got a big old hole in the Any kind of mineral supplement like that, whether you're talking about cows or, or deer or goat, sheep, whatever, in a ruminant like that, a mineral supplement, they're going to take in what they need, what their body needs, and they won't take in very much more than that. Once their body gets to a content of those minerals that it, it needs, then they'll stop eating them. They'll kind of self-regulate on mineral. That's why with legit, you don't see as much consumption because every lick, they get so much more out of that than they do a lot of other mineral supplements. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people all the time, I mix them together because we put some special sauce in the old head rush, head crush. That's good. The head crush. 
You need special sauce and everything. You need to sell that head crust to Lee and Tiffany. (laughs) 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 That fits their brand a little better. We'll help them out there. That's that be the body coming out. Head crust, you know, just like pumping. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that's what he'd say. Are you are you uh, are you staying the night tonight, Aaron? Or are you going home? I'm staying the night. Sweet, you can come to the gym this afternoon. Oh no no no! no. That's what we ought to do, dude. Fun. I still ain't got my MRI on my knee yet. The insurance keeps declining it. He went to a specialist, and he's. I'm still battling that. Mm. Hey, if you go to if you go to um, CrossFit, I'm gonna bring the camera. Me? Mm-hmm. I've been there before. <laughs> Picked up B to go to the I'm film festival you, last year. You better been in there one time to go to the film festival. If I go to CrossFit, you better bring like an IV because <laughs> it's gonna be bad. And hold my puke bucket. A of oxygen. Yeah. I ain't holding your puke bucket. I'll puke with you. That is a. Uh, oh. Last time I was at his CrossFit was when I picked him up to go to film festival last year. Which, by the way, it was coming this week. A year ago today. By the way, we're headed to film festival this year, Aaron, and we'll be doing a podcast from there. What film festival? uh, Full draw. Full draw film festival in Conway. They're coming through Arkansas, and so we're hooking up with them and doing some podcasts from there. Be fun next week. The next week? No, it's this Thursday. This Thursday. You submitting a fake hunting film? No. Like two days. That's down the road. That'll be on there. That'll actually be in our course. Where uh, what's the name of that website I'm coming up with? The last paid, the hunter. last paid hunter. It's still available. Yeah, we'll put our fake film festivals in that. If they want to learn how to make it. That's yeah. like the legacy of Whitetail Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Did you buy that? Did you buy that domain? No, but I just put it out there for the world. Somebody will go buy it now. <laughs> you better buy it now. I don't care. That'll we'll be one they'll set on for a long time until <laughs> we need That'll it. That'll only be fifty-two domains that you own. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I think it's more than that. I told him it's a domain whore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sit on a lot of them. I do sit on a lot of them. Well, we got to run, man. We got to get to a meeting, so. Are we going to pick this back up later and finish it, or are we going to close this out? I think let's close it out. We just rabbit trailed so far off of our risk conversation. I think we can close it out like this if you'll give, if you guys will give like the top three um, things people can do to help manage their risk, whether it's financial or um, personnel or product, whatever. Just give, give some practical, like this is some stuff you need to look at when you're managing risk. I think we can close it out um, like that. Just. I'm the kind of guy that'll go Google it and read about it. I was going to say some people aren't. The way I calculate it is we 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 look at every pro and con possible, and I always consider worst case scenario. What's going to happen if we do this and this goes south? You have to plan like that, and too many people don't. They're just like, oh, it's going to work no matter what. Well, no, that's not the truth. You know, that's right. They have they're overconfident. Yep. Not and maybe in their abilities and their product. I mean, yeah. that's the, the problem is you're blinded by your love mm-hmm. and passion, mm-hmm. which we all you need. Right. But you got to balance it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's where most people fail. For me, Over, to, overconfidence and maybe uneducation yeah. on the long term plan. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, I seen it with Jeremy. I've seen it with so many people. Just yeah think their product's that great well it might be that great yeah but you got to convince everybody else that mm-hmm. yeah. what's that going to cost so there's a risk there there's a risk not my spending there's a risk by spending too much so to me that's the if you're getting into business day before personnel 
It's looking at 30,000 feet from an objective view and bringing in people you trust to tell you you're dumb. Yeah. That's where a lot of people Yeah. Don't. You, you got to have an exit strategy or worst-case scenario strategy no matter how passionate you are about what it is you're doing. You need to think through that. You need to have a process in your mind of what it looks like if that happens. If worst-case scenario happens, what are my steps? What can I do? File bankruptcy. (laughs) (laughs) That is always an option. Get a divorce. Get a divorce. I mean, for like us, it's diversification. I mean, for us, it's diversification. I mean, if one thing goes bad, then there's always these other five things that we also got going on. So it's not like everything goes away at once. You know, and that's kind of what I've tried to do is diversify incomes or whatever it is. you know, even in my business that I do for uh, Merck Animal Health, I mean, that business is diversified where all of my numbers not coming from one type of customer base. It's coming from five different cu- customer bases, you know? Yeah. The same thing with our business people. There's people come in and, man, if I just get a product at Walmart, well, yeah, it's a big check till they quit buying from me because Walmart, Walmart's not a little to their right. anybody but yourself or whoever's giving the best offer. Yeah, that's where it's our just business. business. It's, it's, all, it's just business. Our business is set up where if Walmart goes away, we're fine. Tractor goes away, we're fine. We have enough. It'd be nice for them not to all go away at the same time. Oh, if they would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those, those, those two at one time would be a lick, bro. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, back to two people. <laughs> that's right. funny. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but that, you know, that's that's the other plan people just bank on the big sale mm-hmm. yeah so they don't take into in the account that some of these big accounts go out of business too oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. well, i feel like we've we've just scratched the surface really oh, yeah there's so many layers and levels of what risk this is so this is session this, one this is very entry oh, level what we've talked about <laughs> i mean because you can get in the whole risk with personnel hiring there's a there's a there's just layers and layers we can pick this conversation up tonight expansion we might I'll start it out with smashing two miller light cans together oh lord <laughs> we'll come back with uh part two of this conversation here before too long hopefully so we gotta get to a meeting though so we're fixing to uh, take some risk <laughs> <laughs> no kidding all right well we gotta run it's been good fellas be good having you join us here last minute Glad I could. Glad I could. <laughs> <laughs> Go feed them deer. We're going to run to a meeting. We'll holler at you here in a little bit. All right. Let me know. All right. See y'all. Until, until next time, guys. Peace out. God bless. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Listen, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the podcast, do us a favor, a huge favor. Go online. Go to iTunes. Jump on your podcast app and give us a review. This is why it's important. All throughout the year this year, we're going to be giving away products, hats, t-shirts, things from our sponsors. And the only way you can be registered to win those products is by going in and giving us a review. We'll be giving those out on a monthly basis and we want you to be involved in what's going on with free stuff. We know everybody likes free stuff. I'll be honest, we enjoy free stuff and we want to share part of that with our listeners. Listen guys, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you listening to the content we're putting out. You're not only a part of the tour, you're part of the family and we're building a tribe that's willing to go where only few dream about living our passion. I am Jay Heath Graham and I thank you for being a part of the Tour 12 podcast.